In the following live session recording, Bill Hegedus, family pastor of Bethlehem Church in Bethlehem, Georgia, talks about sharing the gospel with kids. Children sometimes have misconceptions about salvation, what it means to be a Christian, and how to become a Christian. In this session, you'll learn some great ways to have conversations with children that will lead them to Christ. Let's join Bill now. Well, let me pray for us to get our time started. Dearly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for just the opportunity that we have to be here in this room. Lord, just learn more about ways that we can communicate to your love and the importance of just having a, a relationship with you. Lord, I just pray that you would just, again, be with everybody here, everybody at this conference. Uh, bless our time, bless our conversation, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you guys having a good time at the conference so far, right? Yeah. Learned a lot of great things. Awesome, awesome. So today we're going to talk about sharing the gospel with kids. Um, now, we're going to, and this is going to be kind of cool because actually I'm going to share a couple things, but then at the end we're going to kind of do like a demonstration, kind of show you how you put everything all together. And so it'll kind of be like uh, actually a large visual aid for you, so that, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, just by show of hand, who in here is like the children's ministry director? Okay, all right, awesome, awesome. How about, uh, how about uh, senior pastor? Anybody in here is senior pastor? Awesome. So everybody else here is volunteers? Oh, that's awesome. Well, everybody else here is like a volunteer kind of serving in the ministry. That's fantastic, that's fantastic. So, well, one of the things I wanted to kind of share with you just, you know, as we talk about what it means to share the gospel with kids, it's the importance, we all understand that, we, you've heard this probably this saying multiple times over and over again, that 70% of all decisions to follow Christ happen before the age of 18. So we understand, like, okay, this is very important for, you know, um, us to be able to really wrap our minds around the importance of uh, sharing the gospel with kids, but doing it in a very effective way. Um, now, here's, here's, the, here's the interesting thing. You probably didn't know this, but a child's worldview is actually shaped, 90% of it is shaped by the age of 10. So if we're working on have, helping kids shape a biblical worldview, we've got to do that the younger and younger. Uh, Barnard just did a survey and it showed that actually less than 10% of kids, 13 and below, have a biblical worldview. So, and it, it's, it's amazing because even some of it was uh, it was 60% of kids believe that the Bible is completely inerrant word of God. There's a lot of things with this generation that is uh, really making it difficult for them to grasp the concept of the importance of a personal relationship with Christ. So that's why what we have to do is we have to make it in a way that we go on their level. Um, kids also, if you guys work with kids on a, on a regular basis, you understand that sometimes kids have a hard time expressing Emotions. They feel it, but they don't know how to express it. And uh, anybody ever a kid that they totally just like lost it in their classroom, right? And kind of just like you know just went completely crazy because they didn't know how to control their expressions. And uh, one of the researches that they've shown is even kids that are going from third grade all the way through middle school, that kids often when they have these outbursts, they feel alone but they just don't know how to communicate it. They feel alone and kind of left out and forgotten, um, and they just don't know how to verbalize it or talk these things through. So when we talk about the gospel, it's a conversation, okay? Even though we're talking about it as, as a presentation, but it's actually more of a conversation. And it's something that we do to get on their level. That's why sharing, 
sharing the gospel with kids is so important, it's got to be done right. So I'm going to go over a few things. These are just some, these are just some keys to a, a kid-friendly gospel presentation. Okay. First one, very, 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 uh, I guess, basic, which is make it understandable. Has to be understandable for kids. When we talk about that, you know, things like using using big words would really tend to um, uh, go go over a child's head, or even using uh, terms that we use often in church. Well, if these kids have never been to church, and maybe they've never heard even what the word sin is. A lot of times when I start a presentation, the word sin is used a lot in a presentation, but I was started off by, by saying what sin is. Sin is doing something against God, what God has designed for us. It's doing something that, that's not beneficial to us or others. You know, it's when we fall short. So one of those things that we got to do is we have to use um, uh, terms that are very kid-friendly and, and also avoid using, like, um, poetic or... Um, Theological terms like asking the Lord Jesus into your heart. Okay? Because for, for a six or seven year old, they're like, uh, Jesus, a little tiny guy that's going to come, like, live inside, like, you know, is he actually going to be here? You know? Or if you really want to terrify a kid, you say, you know, well, the blood of Jesus washes away the, your sin, you know? And that could really, like, kind of freak them out. Like, because it's, it's, it, it's, a, it's understanding, yes, the, the, the theology behind it, but for a kid, he doesn't understand. It's like, uh, when, you, when it comes to the Bible, uh, the Bible is the inaccurate, inspired Word of God. Every bit of it is, is applicable, but not necessarily age-appropriate. You know, there are certain things that you're not going to share, you know, with a seven-year-old that you would share in an adult class, you know. Uh, same way when it comes to the Gospel. There are certain things that we want to focus on when it comes to the Gospel. Um, the second thing that we do... Uh, when we talk about this is when we make it understandable the steps of faith for a child okay, is first that they have to understand it because if they understand it they can make that choice to own it owning it is me like okay I understand I grasp it I'm making that decision myself to, to uh, put my faith and trust in Jesus by doing that I've made that my choice I own that it's something in, ingrained in me when they're able to do that, they take that next step of being able to live it out. And in other words, you can't do living it out if you don't understand it and if you don't own it. You can't skip any one of those steps. All three of those steps are vitally important when it comes to sharing the gospel with kids and it comes to also to discipleship. Any type of principle that you're sharing, especially biblically with a child, you need to share it in a way that they really understand it and grasp it. Um, here's the other cool thing. Make it relatable. And when I say make it relatable, you need to use things like simple stories. Jesus used parables. Parables are, are, are earthly ways of uh, uh, how Jesus used earthly uh, stories to uh, share heavenly truths. Um, it was very effective when he was talking to people. And when talking to kids, it's a, very, it's a, it's a great way of doing it uh, by making it relatable. And you're sharing things that, that they can understand, that they can grasp, because it puts them... It puts them in that situation. It puts them there. So like, you, instead of them coming up to your level, you're kind of going down to their level. And that's super, super, super important. Okay? You want to make it very uh, relatable. Uh, so that includes like, shared stories. But again, when we share stories, you don't want to like, 
overshare, you know, you know, you're not going to share stories of, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, I did all the wrong things, and, you know, there's, there's certain things that you wouldn't want to overshare with, with kids, because then you're kind of like, you're kind of leading them, and you don't want to kind of like, um, when I say leading them, you're kind of like uh, spurring them forward in, into a thought and like a mind process that's, that shouldn't be there, like, you know, like, well, I was doing drugs, or, you know, I got arrested multiple times. You don't share those things with, you know, with third and fourth graders, you know. Uh, you, what you want to do is you want to keep the focus, the focus always has to be on the gospel, because the focus of the gospel is Jesus Christ. It's the good news of what Jesus did in our lives. And what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to turn that and we're wanting to share that with, with, with these kids. Because the importance is them not knowing our story. The importance is knowing God's story. And God's story for them. So, when it comes to that, you want to make it relatable. Now, the other thing you, but you don't want to do is you want to avoid over-explaining. Sometimes, a lot of times, when we talk to kids, um, we tend to over-explain them. Uh, will tend to give more facts than they kind of need to know. Uh, we can easily turn a, a, a presentation about the gospel into a theology class. And it's funny because I've actually had a lot of conversations with parents and stuff, and they're like, well, my kid doesn't know this, my kid doesn't know this, my kid doesn't know this. How, how, how can they grasp the concept of salvation? You know, uh, well, you know, your kid doesn't know, need to know all 66 books of the Bible doesn't need to know, like, you know, he doesn't need to be able to quote, like, 55 verses, doesn't need to say what, you know, um, certain things that, that you're looking for a right answer for you to be comfortable with, with their uh, uh, acceptance of salvation and understanding of, the, of the, what the gospel message is. So it's really important that we don't over-explain it, uh, because then again, that just makes it more confusing for the child. Everything that we do is to make it on their level. Very simple. Again, I'm going to show you kind of how we do this, and it's really, really kind of cool. Um, it all makes sense when we do the kind of the, the demonstration here, too. But when we say don't over-explain it, the other thing is also to be thorough, though. And when I say be thorough, uh, sometimes, uh, and I've seen this in the, growing up in church, okay, and then also uh, being around a lot of different people, and, and when they share the gospel story, the gospel story tends to center on the crucifixion and they never even mention the fall of Adam. So like when talking to kids, uh, you I don't necessarily focus just on the crucifixion. I also talk, well, why did that happen? And then the most important thing out of the whole story of the gospel, just I have a question, what, what do you think the most important part of the gospel is? The most important part of the gospel, you think it's the, 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 the crucifixion or the or the or the resurrection? Resurrection. So that's usually that's what I that's what I, I tend to focus on, and um, the positive side of it rather than the negative side of it. So uh, being thorough. That's why I always uh, share the, you know the story of Adam and Eve and and how sin actually came into the world, and bring that whole good news full circle. You know why they need to understand that. Why it's important. Um, the other thing that's super super important with kids. Kids have a short attention span. You need to use visual aids and props. Visual aids and props. And, and also, another great way is getting them to participate. So it's a lot, it's a lot of fun getting them to participate. Um, it helps draw their attention. And when, especially when you do something that's relatable to them, you know, that helps really, really draw them in. Um, 
when they're like, yes, I can, I, you know, I can completely understand. Yes, I, I saw this, you know, either Disney Channel or I saw this, you know, you know, you know, somewhere, you know, like, you know, I can relate to superheroes. I can relate to different things. Certain things where you're using earthly truths or certain things that are relevant to speak, um, you know, truth into the kid's life about the importance of having a relationship with him. Now, this is the next one, and this is one that I find that a lot of us don't do. Uh, and it was something I didn't do for a long, long time, but I found greater success when I did this next step. And that was invite parents to be part of the process. Inviting parents to be part of the process. And it's, it's very, very important because here's the thing. Is God's called them to be the spiritual leader of the home? Our job is to help resource them. Give them things that they can do to help be that spiritual leader of the home. And also, think about this. If this is the most important decision in a child's life, which it is, especially in their spiritual life, wouldn't we want parents to be part of that process? Because as a parent, we want to be part of that process. I view this as when I do a gospel presentation, actually, the gospel presentation that I do, you know, especially when I do it with parents, we don't actually go, we don't actually do the prayer and like the raising of the hand. We don't do like an invitation at the end. We save that as a conversation for mom and dad. We, we allow time for mom and dad to have that conversation with each other. Because what a huge connection there for the parent to be able to help walk their child through accepting Christ. Because their job, first and foremost, is to, is to help instill that faith foundation in them. But a lot of parents, what we found, is they feel ill-equipped. So what's our job as a church? We come alongside and we help equip them to be able to have that win, to have that success. Because there's nobody in this room that would just say, like if a parent came up, hey, I'm having, I'm having a hard time with my son or my daughter, we wouldn't be there for them. Like our job is to be that cheerleader, that champion, that equipper for them so that they can win in their home. You know, and that they can feel confident in doing it. It's super, super important. Um, you know, it's, it's just a great way of us for able to, to help them win. The other thing that's also very, very important, using Scripture. Always use Scripture. Again, you don't have to overuse Scripture, and you're going to see kind of how uh, the presentation that I use basically uses one Scripture. The most popular Scripture that there, that there is when it comes to the plan of salvation, which is John 3.16, and we're going to kind of go over what that looks like. But the reason why we use Scripture and I always point it back is because we want to be able to point to our reference of truth. Our reference of truth. Why we know this to be true is we point everything back to God's Word. God's Word is His love letter to us. And everything that He has in there is true. So we want to, we're sharing this with a child, and we're sharing the importance of why we believe this. We need to point out why we believe this. So uh, point them again back to that, that, uh, that source of truth, which is God's Word. All right. Now, last step is really is really easy, and that's start the discipleship process. Because if you if they make that decision, what you need to do is you need to have next steps planned. And I would suggest that you you have next steps planned whether they make the decision for salvation or not. We do things where we follow up with the parents that have had the conversations or follow up with the kids. Uh, and when we follow up with the kids, we always have the parent present. We never do it kind of like one-on-one -on -one or alone. We like to have a third. We always do it either three or more, four or more, having the parents in there 
to be part of that process. Because it's important when you start that thing, is we need to go over the, the thing of, about what baptism is. And I'll even kind of mention that a little bit in our gospel presentation about what the next step is for them. And that's baptism. Uh, did anybody here have a baptism class? Okay. So, and, and how long is your baptism class, if you don't mind me asking? Maybe 30 minutes, okay. So one of the things that we ask our, all of our parents to do, if they say that their kid's ready to be baptized, we actually ask them to go to this class called Kid Baby, which is where we talk more about the gospel than we talk about baptism. Because baptism is just that step of obedience. And uh, you'll, you'll see how I kind of relate it uh, into, into our presentation here in just a minute. So, uh, also about the importance of reading a Bible, but also pointing them to actual good resources that's age appropriate for them. Because if you tell a third grader, hey, every morning you know you, when you wake up, you need to read your Bible and pray. Well, what do I need to read? Don't start a third grader in judges. You know? It's just, you know, it's not, you know, that, you know, that's, you know, that's not necessarily a great place for them to start. You know, having a plan for them that helps them understand the next steps and build those biblical foundations those biblical habits, those spiritual uh, formation habits inside their life, it's going to help them. So, told you about a couple things that you can do, some, some uh, uh, keys to a key-friendly gospel presentation. Actually, I just want to go over quickly a few don'ts, okay? These are a few don'ts when sharing the gospel with kids. Don't use scare tactics. <laughs> so, I grew up uh, in, in uh, Kingsport, Tennessee, and... Uh, it was, uh, I'd say it was like the, the not, not just the buckle of the Bible Belt, but like the actual like thing that actually makes everything hold on to the, you know, I mean, it was, it was something. And uh, you could get a, you get a hundred kids in there and uh, the gospel presentation always, always centered around hell. You know, if you don't accept God's love for you, you're going to be punished and you're going to spend eternity in hell. You share that with a, with a kindergartner to a third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Everybody's hands raised. Now, I grew up in church, okay, and uh, my dad was a pastor for 40 years, okay, growing up in Tennessee. I accepted the Lord probably about 240 sometimes, you know, because I like to, was I really, really sure? Like, you know, because the invitation would come and it'd be like, well, you could step out of here today and, you know, be hit by a bus in the parking lot. I'm like, we don't even have buses in the parking lot. So, like, you know, like, it would just be one of those things that, you know, just kind of would, would stir and kind of, I remember as a young child, I constantly praying that prayer, you know. Um, the other one is don't be gory when talking about the crucifixion. Uh, I remember I had one mom call me, um, because there was a presentation that was done in the gospel and uh, she didn't know how to share this with her kid because her kid was having nightmares because the person that shared this, and this was a, this was a first grade girl, shared the fact of, of how they put the nails in Jesus' hands and they, you know, and went into like really big detail. Oh, oh yes, yes, uh, about the crucifixion. And it gave the little girl nightmares. So, you know, like, you know, it became something that was scary instead of something that was beautiful, okay? It's the good news. It's not a scary bedtime story, you know? It's the good news. It's the good truth of, of God 
And, and again, it's not about the crucifixion. The crucifixion is just that, that middle hinge that leads to the resurrection, and the resurrection is where the power and the life transformation it comes from. You know, that completes the whole gospel story. So don't be gory when talking about the crucifixion. The other thing is you don't want to rush the process. Sometimes uh, our natural tendency can be to maybe like, are you ready to pray that prayer? Or we can ask we can ask a lot of leading questions where kids just want to please us and they'll be like, yes, yes, yes. You know, our, our job is not to rush the process. We want to make sure that their understanding and their comprehension is there, okay? Because again, this sets them up for success and confidence in the decision that they've made later on down the road. Um, and the last, uh, last don't is another easy one. Don't forget to follow up and pray for the child, whether they made a decision or not. Pray for them individually. That's super, super important. When we talk about uh, kids and just, you know, like the importance of, of understanding, you know, the, the gospel, we want to pray for their minds to be open and receptive. So, like, before I do a gospel presentation, I pray, um, you know, quietly to myself as I get ready to talk to the talk to the parents. So those are one of the things. And then afterwards, because um, we have little cards that we hand out to every parent that they fill out and turn back in, so we follow up with them during you know, during the course of the week and just see how the conversation went, stuff like that. But those cards, we pray over those cards every day during that whole entire week. So that's really really important. Now let me show you kind of what that looks like. But before I do, and does anybody have any questions? Do you have any questions? Fire away. The, I'm fast. On the punch side. On the punch side. Yeah. When you baptize as many times, accepted Christ. No. No, 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 no. Because my dad had to explain to me over and over and over again. No, no, no. no, no you know, like, yeah. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. But the, but that happens. And, and I don't know about a lot of you, but what I've seen is there's a lot of uh, middle, like, uh, middle school, high school kids that are getting rebaptized because they didn't fully understand the process. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a real problem, huh? um, and our kids are, because the parents aren't there, yeah. we're in Sure. And it just appalls me, because I'll talk to these, and I teach these, and I know they have no concept. Huh? Like, that, I've just got three views yeah. in my class. They've never been in church in their life. Their parents never been in church, and their grandparents never been in church. Huh? And they know nothing about it, and I've been trying to explain hmm? some detail. Me and them, well, she wouldn't know what she could do to sing in the choir until they had to be baptized. Okay. So she's up there, and they're taking her in right away, and I keep saying no, and they do this for little kids, too. And I and I try to explain, they don't understand. Well, I give them this pamphlet. Yeah. I said, how do you get that across? Yeah. So we've got these kids that I know I deal with, and they have no concept because I'm with them every week, but yet we're baptized in by the month. Yes. Well, right. But, but, and I understand and that. that. And that's what I'm saying. And I know myself, being a pastor's daughter, mm -hmm. five years old, these little boys dared me to go yeah. up. Yeah. And I went up at a revival, and I could quote the out yeah. scripture for you. And my daddy was knowledge. He came up there and picked me up his arms, took me back to you. Yeah. <laughs> but there, that's happening now in a culture where the parents aren't involved, and they're not. They're bus ministry kids yeah. or whatever. And, and we're, how do you get the church to understand we don't need to be baptized in these kids? They well, need to go through Rome. That's yes. where you actually have to have a conversation because sometimes when you put policies in place, like you have to be baptized to do certain things, 
on, on, on just in certain, in just for certain aspects. Um, that'll make a kid, that, that becomes the, the reward is not the relationship with Christ, the reward is getting to sing in the choir. So we need to change that. I think that's just a, that's, that's a, that's a process kind of change and, you know, it, it becomes the center of importance. Yeah. In class he's been saying, now Jesus is why you're all I've actually had to tell kids they couldn't get baptized. Yeah. And that's hard. That's hard when you have to look into a seven-year-old and be like, listen, you know, like, I understand this is important, but, you know, like, we've had this conversation, and basically everything that you're telling me is you're telling me you're doing this for your mom, for your dad. This is for you. This is your personal decision. So, I also... When I do this on a kid-friendly level, I treat them like an adult, but I don't talk to them like Okay, and there's a big difference. So here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand this out to you guys, and just kind of, we're actually gonna go over this. So some of you are gonna be kids, and some of you guys are gonna be parents. So I do the presentation in a way that uh, I speak to the kids, and let the parents follow along, you know, because try to do it in a way that's kind of fun and engaging to them as well. I have plenty more, so don't worry. <laughs> I got more right here. So we're going to do this just like I do it, okay? Now, hopefully this works because I left this in my car, and one of the uh, things that we use to uh, do this demonstration turn colors and I didn't realize that until I looked at the box and it says keep it a cool dry place um, that was not my car yesterday so we're gonna keep our fingers crossed that this works and just runs smoothly so you know perfect so when I first uh, thing I do is I welcome the kids and parents say this is the, I'm so glad you guys are here for kid faith and kid faith again just I reiterate to them that kid faith is about a class that runs about 30 minutes here we're going to talk about what, what it means to be a follower of Christ what it means to have Jesus as the leader of your life, that you're choosing to follow him and why that's important. And I tell the parents, I said, I gave everybody one of these, and we're going to talk about one verse in particular. So I'm going to give you guys just a, you know, a, a taste of kind of some of the stuff that we do with the kids. And a lot of times I'm going to talk directly to your kids. And parents, again, what you're going to do is you're going to follow along because parents, you get homework. This is what I tell our parents, okay? The kids love that. They absolutely love the fact that we give the kids homework. So, um, I say, like, if you'll notice inside, there's going to be four filled blanks. To keep it very simple, four filled blanks, but there's questions underneath each of those filled blanks. Those questions are things that you're going to go over and discuss with your child after today's class. What we're going to go over is we're going to go over the, uh, just the, the story and the importance of having a relationship with Christ, and we're going to fill in these four blanks, and then you're going to have a conversation, so that's important. When we talk about that. So I start off by, uh, you know, for example, we're going to do one tomorrow, and I'll be back. Our kids, everybody's back in school. Is everybody really excited about school? And yes, you know, like, what's your favorite subject in school? So, what's your favorite subject in school? What was your favorite subject in school, Thomas? Science. Science. Awesome. 
that's perfect because we're going to do a science experiment. Anybody else math? Did you have anybody in here math? It was your favorite subject? Okay. Uh, my favorite was recess. Okay. And recess, and, and what was really cool about recess is when the teacher would call you to go to recess, you know, I remember it was so important for me to try to be the line leader. And if you were the line leader, that meant you were the first person in the door. And if I was the first person in the door, anybody ever been, the, everybody, anybody in here ever been the line leader? Always have some kids that raise their hand. I said, well, when I was the line, you know, I would make sure I was in my fast post at the door, you know? And I wanted to make sure that I was out to the, to the playground first because I was at the playground first, I get the ball, and, and I got to be one of the captains for wall ball. Again, this is sharing that story that's connecting to a kid because it's creating that picture. Oh, yes, I know, I did that Friday, you know? Like, that's so, you know, like, it's creating that picture. And then it's getting them to interact. Talking about science. Well, science was my second favorite uh, uh, subject in school. And what we're going to do today is we're going to do a science experiment. And I'm going to need some of you guys to help me with this science experiment. You guys cool with that? So hopefully this goes well. Hopefully nothing blows up. I'm sure we're going to be fine. You know, kind of just, you know, kind of, just again, you're kind of making it a little bit more relaxed and friendly because you don't want it to feel necessarily like a class. You want to make it feel like a conversation and something that they're part of. That's why a lot of times I'll ask questions to get the response. Because it can't be just from you up front. It also has to be a way for them to verbalize back. That also helps clue you in to how clear you are being to the kids. So, today we're going to talk about one of the best verses in the Bible. Uh, it was one of my absolute favorite verses. And sometimes maybe you'll see this verse somewhere, maybe in a football game or something. Anybody here ever heard John 3.16? John 3.16, a great verse. And then we'll put it up on the screen. And, uh, here, let me read this to you. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And again, we put this right here on the front of this. Now today we're going to go over this verse. I'm going to share with you four amazing things about this verse. And this verse is so, so cool. You know, we talk again about just, the, you know, this verse comes from the Bible. And, you know, the Bible is God's word to us. It's a love letter that he gave us. And again, reassuring them and, and showing them that this is where I get my source of information. I'm excited about it. That's also very important, that you're excited to be able to share this. This is something that is so cool to you. Um, you, ever, you ever listen to a kid share something with another kid and they're really excited about it? And they're just kind of like going on and like, oh, this is just amazing. And then they can talk for an hour about something that was really cool that happened to them for only five minutes. You know, but it was so, so amazing. You want to kind of have that way that you kind of project and talk to them. I know we talked to Jeff about Good News Club. So when I do that and I've got all the kids in there with the Good News Club and I'm talking to them, I am super, super excited. I'm telling them, oh, this is just, it's the absolute best verse. And the most important thing in this verse is actually the first fill in the blank that we're going to put in on the top here. It says, God loves us. God loves us. For the beginning of that whole, that beginning of that verse says, for God so loved the world. That's everybody in the world. So we're, we're again, we're re, re illustrating that uh, God's love is for everyone. So everybody in the room is included. It's not just for certain people. We're, we're sharing that with the kids, like keeping it very simple. 
God loves everyone. And it's so, so important that he loves everyone because he created us. Does anybody here know about creation? And then that's when I'll lead into the beginning of the story of the gospel. Because the gospel story starts at the Garden of Eden. Starts at creation. Well, when God created us, and I have this, the, the, I have it usually in a, in a water bottle. So, how many, how many of you guys love when it's hot outside, you get a cool glass of water, and you like for it to be nice and clean? You know, so I pour the, the, the water into here, and you know what's really awesome about this water is it's nice and clean, and it's pure, you know, it's very refreshing, you know? And that's how God created the earth. He created perfect, nothing wrong with it, right? I mean, we wouldn't want to drink dirty water, like you kind of like, you know, you can embellish that sometimes I'll talk. You guys wouldn't go out to the parking lot and look for a puddle in the parking lot and drink water out of that. That'd be disgusting. Be like, oh, no, this is nasty, you know. Well, that's how God created the earth. And he put two people in this place called the Garden of Eden. Does anybody know their names? Again, opportunity for them to, to give feedback. Their names were Adam and Eve. And it was awesome. They lived in there. And God had this beautiful garden all set up. And there's all these different fruits and vegetables. And there was only one rule. They only had one rule to follow. Okay? I don't know about you, but like I, when I was growing up, I had a lot of rules to follow. But they only had one rule to follow. God brought them into this garden and he said, Hey, look at this tree right here. So this tree right here, this is the only tree you guys can't touch. Okay? can't touch this you can't eat the fruit from this everything else is all yours take care of it you know this is an amazing place for you to live it's 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 amazing just don't touch this because if you do you'll surely die okay but do you think adam and eve listened and then that's when you talk to the kids huh? no they didn't they got kind of curious you know and then the bible talks about how the enemy, which is Satan, and I kind of talk a little bit about who he is, and I'll share, you know, like, you know, like, this is, this is somebody that was up in heaven, and he rebelled against God, and, you know, he came down, and he didn't like anything that God was doing, and, and he wanted Adam and Eve to fail. He didn't want them to succeed. So he tempted Adam and Eve in the garden. He tempted Eve, and he said, you know, God just doesn't, God just doesn't want you to have fruit because he doesn't want you to be like him. And the more that they thought about it, and he was like, look at it, looked at the fruit was going to be good. I mean, how many in here have ever had their mom and dad tell them to eat fruits and vegetables, right? Right, exactly. So, you know, and usually, you know, like if you come in, you know, like and your mom says you can have some apple slices or something like that, that's great. I mean, when I was your age, I liked my, you know, uh, I liked my other types of snacks, but now I like fruit and I just like it covered in chocolate rolled in crushed peanuts. You know, that's just usually for the parents and you kind of do something that kind of helps keep them engaged. So, you know, it didn't seem like it was a big deal. It was just like eating fruit and this, this is clear and this is clear, but if I just did, oh, it's just a couple bites and, you know, what's, a, what's the big deal? And uh, so this is where the secret works. And it did. Uh, it turned it completely black. So it's clear and clear. Now it's black. Oh, you know. Now, as Woody would say, somebody's poisoned the water hole. Okay? <laughs> and that was the very first sin. Sin was when they disobeyed what God wanted. Sin is when, when we do things that's not against what God, God asked us to do. And there's things like our parents, if our parents ask us to do something and we don't do it, that's also called a sin. Now here's the, here's the thing. When we talk about this, 
you know. It didn't seem like it was a big deal, but it was. Now, how do we get all this ucky stuff out of here? You can't just reach your hand in and kind of take it out. Have you ever tried to make dirty water clean? And kids are like, you know, like, what do you usually do? You throw it, you know, you, you throw it out. You can't use it. But God's like, you know, no, no, no. I created Adam and Eve. So this is another really cool part. Is when you tell me, like, you know, how, you know, you know, when we have dirty water, we our, our natural tendency would throw it out. God didn't throw it out. God wanted to make a way to make it clean. God, God wanted to make sure that He had a relationship with us because He loves us. And here's the really cool part. He loves us, and that's why he did what he did next, which is our second fill in the blank. That God gave us a hero. A hero. And you know what? We talk about superheroes all the time. So um, who's your favorite superhero? Superman? All right, awesome. Who's your favorite superhero? And usually you just like, you know, anybody have a superhero? <laughs> so like usually when I, uh, like, does anybody have a superhero? Like, and all the kids want to raise their hand, and I'll just go right around. Yes, yes. And then I'll, then I'll do one, then my superhero helps tie it back to the parents. So I'll be like, my favorite superhero was actually a mouse. Yes. And he was a small mouse, but he was very strong. And when he would come in, he would have this catchphrase that would go, here I come to save the day. <laughs> exactly. And so, uh, and his name was Mighty Mouse. But you knew when he was coming in because, you know, he had this great little thing. But here's the amazing thing. Is God sent his son to save us, which was awesome. He was our hero, you know. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Now, when he gave his one and only son, he actually gave us two things. He gave us, and this is this was also important, is when you're sharing and going through, like what is why is it important about why Jesus came? Well, Jesus came and he actually came with two things. One was grace and one was mercy. So I always talk about the two, because there's there's a difference. Grace, now grace is when you get something that you don't deserve, like a Christmas present or a birthday present. You know, it would be kind of crazy if you came down for Christmas and you opened up all your Christmas presents and your mom and dad said, did you have a great Christmas? Yes. Yeah. And you're like, yes. And then they present you a bill for $225. And the kids, the kids always laugh about that. You know, the parents, you know. You know, that's grace. That's something that you don't have to work for. Now, the other one, especially when I was your age, which is mercy, okay, Mercy is when you don't get something you deserve like a punishment. How many of you have ever done something in here and you thought your mom and dad were going to kill you? <laughs> and all the kids like raise their hand, you know? You're like, I'm in so much trouble. Well, mercy is when you get something you don't deserve like a punishment. And that's when I'll also share a story that kind of relates to them and wraps that whole thing up of grace and mercy. And I'll, and I'll start, you know, I remember one time when, when I was in third grade, and we went on our summer vacation, and we went to a place called Myrtle Beach. Anybody ever been to Myrtle Beach? Yeah. And we were getting ready to go into this store. And this store had all kinds of really cool souvenirs and stuff. And I remember walking into, getting ready to walk into the store, and my dad turned around, and he said to me the one thing that all parents say to kids before they walk into a store, what do you think that is? Don't touch anything. Or you're not getting Exactly. Don't touch anything. And I said, you know what? 
I was really good. And I listened and I didn't do anything wrong for at least a good minute. <laughs> okay? But as I was walking through the aisles, something caught my eye. You know what it was? And then I'll pull out again, visual aid, prop, you know? It was a ship that was inside of a bottle. Have you ever seen a ship inside of a bottle like this? And I was so fascinated by it. I'm like, how did they fit that ship inside the bottle? And I kept staring at it. I was looking at it. I was looking at all the details. And I was like, man, how did they do it? Did somebody little crawl in there? You know? And, 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 it was something, and I, was, I was really fascinated by this. Have you ever been looking at something and you lose track of time? And they're like, yes. Well, I looked up and I didn't see my mom or dad. Have you ever looked up and not seen your mom and dad and you got panicked and first you thought, I'm lost. And they're like, yes. So, what I did is I went to go quickly find my mom and dad and I went to go put this back on the shelf and I didn't quite get it on the shelf and as I turned to leave, I saw it go down and it didn't bounce. It shattered and went everywhere. And you know when you have that moment where you're like, no, and all the kids are like, yeah, yeah. And I said, and it must have been magic too because as soon as it broke and I looked up, my dad was at the end of the aisle. He had just appeared out of nowhere. And, and then, I, you know, you get your share this with the kids. And I said, and at that point, you know, when I saw my dad, he looked at me and I could see that he was angry. And I could see that he was upset because I didn't do what he told me to do. And I did the only thing I knew a mature third grade boy could do. And I, I cried. And it wasn't just like little tears, it was a cry where you ever have the cry where your snot comes out and you're like, and, and I thought for sure, like, you know, my parents were gonna kill me. I was like, that's it, I'm not even gonna make it home. I, I, I didn't make it through the third grade, you know, like, and, and stuff. But my dad, he knew that I was upset. He knew that I didn't mean to. Even though he was angry, instead of choosing to punish me, he used it as an opportunity to, to help me learn. And now, it didn't change the fact that this was broken. And you know what? It cost money, right? There's a price that has to be paid. So when I broke this, it cost like $5. I didn't have any money. You know who paid for that? My dad did. My dad did because he loves me. Okay? Now, do you see how I've started to create that picture in the kid's mind? Just from using a simple illustration like this, pointing again back to the importance of that gospel story. For God so loved us that he gave his only son. Because what was the penalty for sin? is death. And that's what I'll point back to. That caused something. Just like when Adam and Eve, they sinned, it caused them to be separated from God because sin can't enter heaven. And God loves us and He wanted to make a way. And the penalty for sin is death. You know? And separation from Him forever. But because God gave us those two things. And you know what? Let's see what happens. Uh, I'm going I'm to use, I'm going to actually ask you and you to be my assistants, Okay? All right? So here's the cool thing. So when God gave us grace and mercy, and so I usually invite two kids to come on up, and I'll have them stand on one side and the other. And I'll be like, okay, so what you guys have to do, you're going to have one, then you're going to have mercy, and so you're going to go over on this side, and you're going to have grace. Okay? And at the same time, 
at the same time, I want you guys to pour those into the middle one, okay? All right? So at the same time, you're going to pour it. Wait, just let me get that because this is where this somebody one. blew up last time. So go ahead. Yes. <laughs> so pour it in at the same time and let's see what happens. Okay. All of it? Yeah, all of it. Just go ahead and pour it right on in. Also made red. So both of the clear liquids made a red liquid, you know. Oh, that's awesome. So, well, this is really cool because it demonstrates the next part, which is we know, again, you're, 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 you're sharing this as fact, okay? We know that Jesus made a way for us. This is where we get to talk about the way that Jesus made for us by dying on the cross and being risen again. So, this is what it says. Again, going back to the verse, I've gone, every time I go through the, through the point, I go back to the verse, okay? And I say, for God so loved the world that he gives one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Whoever believes in him. And believing what he did for us. You know, what Jesus did for us is he ended up paying the price for us. And what was the price of sin? The price of sin was death. Jesus came and he came and he lived on the earth and he didn't do anything wrong. He was the only person ever to come that didn't <coughs> sin. But he knew by coming and not sinning, he could pay for the, the sins of everybody. And he did that because he loves us. He loves us so much that he was willing to die for us. And he died for us on the cross. But the cool thing about this is it wasn't just the fact that he died. But when he died, they buried him. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, now this is where you also want to explain this to the kids. When he rose from the dead, he rose just like he was before. He didn't come back from like, like the living dead. He wasn't like a zombie. He, would, he came back just like he was before. And it was really amazing because then it showed people that he had power over the penalty for sin, which is death. And he did that. And because he has that power, he made a way for us to be able to be with Him forever, to be able to be right with God. So this is the really cool part. And then you lead into the last one, which is we can live, can live forever with God. And this is, this is so amazing. It says, for whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life forever in Him. Because you see, when Jesus died on the cross, what He did is He made a way for us to be made completely so and then I'll, uh, that, and the kids are always like, oh, you know, and the parents are like, yes. And I said, now, does this mean that we'll never ever make mistakes again? No. So sometimes we might, we might sin, we might do something wrong. Now you remember when I put this in before, right? What happened? Does it turn black? Okay. By doing this, it turned a little bit of red, but like it just shows that what Jesus did for us covers us. It goes back to clear. So it's really, and, and I kind of reiterate that you know you're you're going to make mistakes, you know, because it's not about you know we can't live that perfect life like Jesus, but we can do our absolute best, and it comes our choice, and that's where that most important word in this verse is that whoever, which means anybody can do it, believes in Him and believes what He did for us. In church, we call that faith. Faith is believing without seeing. You kind of. I kind of expound on that a little bit. And I shared. And I said, when you do that, it says, whoever believes in him 
And we talk about what the importance of saying that and verbalizing that, that we realize that there's no way that we could ever make it into heaven unless we accept the gift that Jesus did. Now, if I didn't pour this into this, would it become clear? No. I had to accept what Jesus did, and I had to allow that to come and make it clear. And by doing that, we do that by, by, by saying a prayer. And prayer is just a, like almost like a promise, okay? And it's a vow. And I put like a, and I talk to the parents again, like here's a simple prayer that we kind of talk to, to kids through about what it means. Like, I'm, I, you know, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've done bad things. And I know how my sin can separate me from you forever. And I believe in your son Jesus. And he died for my sin. I accept his death as payment for my sin. Thank you for loving me and giving me the gift of Jesus so I could live with you in heaven, come into my life, and be my Savior and friend. So that's what we talk about when we talk about that prayer. Now, this is so cool when we talk about this. And this is something that I want you as, as parents, you're going to have a conversation with your kids about this. And you're going to talk to them. And you're going to see, you know, because you know your kids better than anybody else. You know their level of understanding. That's why we want you to have this, this time and this process to be able to share with your child. So, you know, we can give them time in the room. We also, we also encourage them to have conversations outside, you know, like during the course of the week. So it's not something that you come in, all right, you come to your class, you have to say the prayer here because if you don't say the prayer here, it doesn't count. No, you know, like it's, it's again, we, we're not rushing the process. The idea is clarity. Clarity leads to that, uh, again, that conviction and that, and that understanding for the kids. Because, again, it's a personal decision. And then I talk to the, you know, and there's some, you see there's things on just uh, on the bottom of here for just parents. And then I go over the, the, the few things to remember. And I said, now, here's the here's important thing. Because we're not just saved by saying a prayer, because the prayer is just words. But it's a promise that we're making in our heart. Okay? And the Bible says that when we make this promise, the next thing that we're supposed to do is be baptized. And that's why I talk about baptism. And anybody in here ever seen the baptism? Anybody ever seen somebody get baptized? Some kids will raise their hands. Well, this is it's really cool. And I'll go, kind of go over what it looks like and, and talk about how when they go under the water and they come back, it represents how Jesus kind of washed them clean of their sins and, and how he was also died, but he didn't stay buried. He actually rose from the dead. Like, kind of go over that symbolism because you have to explain that to kids because, again, if you don't explain it to kids, it goes way over their head. Um, and I said, but the best way for me to explain it is... Baptism is not what gets you into heaven. Baptism is just like my wedding ring, okay? And I'll take my wedding ring off and I'll show it, like, you know, uh, I'll show the kids, like, my wedding ring, okay? Now, if I take this wedding ring off, am I still married? All the kids are like, yes, you know? I said, what makes me married is the vows, the promise that I made to my wife. This wedding ring just lets everybody else know that this good-looking guy is off the market. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's always it's always usually a slight chuckle, but uh, you know, and, and and I'll talk a little bit about that, and just like it's the promise you know that we've made to God, and this is a decision that you can only make for yourself. You can't do this to make your mom and dad happy. You can't do this to make me happy. You have to do it because it's something that you want to do, because it's something that you know in your heart to be true, and you understand the importance of how much God loves you. Again, talking to them like an adult, but telling them that it's their decision. Because kids love it when you give them the opportunity to make their own decision. But that's why I always stress that it has to be their decision. It has to be for the right reasons. Okay? 
again providing that clarity. Um, you know, uh, and then I talk about like you know, uh, I go over the card with the parents and stuff like that, and I'll pray and kind of dismiss, and we'll, I'll follow up with the, with the parents after each week. Now, when we did it in the Good News Club, where we just did it with the kids, I did kind of go over the prayer, and we did kind of break up, and we had these conversations, but we also got the kids' information, and we shared that with the parents. Hey, you know, they were asking a lot of questions, and we walked over everything about what it means to be a follower of Christ. Because if you have some parents that, that just like you had said, that don't have any um, um, you know, spiritual background, that gives you what the opportunity to share it with them. Bringing the parents along, being the, bringing the parents along um, with them in the process. Does that make sense? Okay, questions? Wow, we plowed through this pretty quick, didn't we? <laughs> I'm guessing since the bottom of the copyright, we think this came from Orange. Yes, it came from Orange originally. Now they do something different. It's called uh, Start Here Conversation. It's actually free if you go on the website, which is thinkorange.com, uh, I think it is, or .org. .org. And it's a, it's a resource that's called Start Here. And uh, it gives you basic like tips and stuff. Basically, we, we kind of took what they had and kind of tweaked it a little bit. Um, again, I have a digital copy of this that you could take and you can take out the Bethlehem Church and insert your information on there. It's your little tagline. I'd be more than happy to give that to you. I have no problem at all. You know, um, again, because they don't they don't use this anymore, and the, this is the one resource that they kind of give away for free. You can't really. I, I guess you'd probably have a hard time like being like, hey, you know, this gospel presentation, if you guys really want to use it, we're going to sell it to you, you know. Especially when it deals with kids, especially, you know. So. Does it tell us on there what all those things are? Yeah, they actually give you a kind of a script. Okay. But this is something I did different. So this is not in their script. Okay, well, I got to know what all that. Okay, so this I got from a place called, this is called Sermons in Chemistry. So I got this from a place called Berg Christian Enterprises, B E R G. Christian Enterprises in in, um, in Oregon. And it's really cool because now some people do this with bleach and iodine or whatever. I just found like using their chemicals, it's so much better because it makes it, uh, it, you know, all their chemicals are naturally clear except for when you leave them out in the heat and one of them turns dark like that. So, yes, but normally when you get them, all of them are clear like this. That might be the yeah. Josh. Uh, mm -hmm. You have several things that you can do. Yeah, there's a couple yeah. different ones. There's a couple different ones, and there's one that's got like a bar of soap that's like uh, meant for like uh, uh, talk about pilot trying to wash the blood and the hands. And then there's there's one that they have that has like a green balloon that inflates and it talks about MD. You know, uh, it's called Sermons of Chemistry. Uh, the one that I always use is just the the uh, the, the Salvation, the Gospel Centered one. So, and it's really really simple to use. Really really simple to use. And it's great because it creates that visual for the kids. But if you noticed, I used every single point that I talked about. Everything I explained. I didn't rush the process. Okay, Only took about 30 minutes. Invited parents to be part of it. You know, we do this on a regular basis. You know, um, but it also helps us. you kind of do this with, with, with parents, then you're ready to do it with, with, with kids as well, just on their own. And we'll do this almost something very similar to this um, in, the, in one of their Sunday school classes or, or, or children's services uh, probably once a quarter <coughs> where we do a similar illustration. Uh, you know, sometimes it's the science one, sometimes it's like a couple different things that we'll use we'll talk about. 
Um, but we always use like the relatable stories and different things like that, where we talk about the things like how you know you, something was broken, something had to be paid for. Because they can, they can grasp their, that's a, that's a concrete concept that they can grasp their mind around. Because they understand that something happened, there was a consequence. I did something wrong, there was a consequence. Helps them, anything that you can do to help create that mental picture inside their mind is awesome. Questions? Because I finished 15 minutes early. I know, I did really, I went fast, so. When do you do this class well, actually, I'm doing it tomorrow, but like uh, I do it probably every six to eight weeks. I try to do it two weeks out before we do any baptisms. And the cool thing is, is I'll do this exact same thing. If somebody couldn't make it to the kid faith class, I'll do that exact same thing with a parent and a child in my office. And I'll just sit across from them and I'll talk to them. And man, it's so cool just to watch them kind of engage and have that conversation and walk through that with them with mom and dad. Do you ever explain uh, the Trinity? Trinity, yes. How can God and Jesus be Yes. So it's three parts. So and when we talk about the Trinity, I always use a hard boiled egg. I've gotten that illustration years ago. Um, it's one egg, but there's three parts. Okay? There's the shell, there's the white, and there's the yolk. So, and we talk about, you know, like the center being God, you know, and Jesus, and then, uh, you know, the, uh, the Holy Spirit, yes. So again, you do it in ways that they kind of that helps them. They have to have a mental picture because our natural tendency, the longer we've been in church, is to get very theological with them, you know. And theology, without creating a way for them to understand it, would be just lost on child. It's just kind of go way over their head. So you start off by saying to them, "Well, uh, the Trinity is." God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Yeah, well, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They gave His Son Jesus. Okay. Okay. And we talk about that. So, like, um, and, and not in every presentation we go over what the Trinity is. Okay. Because, again, that's something that they kind of learn and they kind of go over, you know. Um, the importance of the Gospel and understanding the Gospel is not their, is not, again, that's, um, for example, they wouldn't need to know all the aspects of the Trinity to be saved. Philip, when he met the Ethiopian on the road, okay, he didn't explain the, the Trinity, you know, and they didn't necessarily have a, a baptism class, even though we do and you do, like, you know, it wasn't like Philip told the, the guy, in, you know, like, hey, you know, that's great, you want to be baptized, we've got a class next week at the synagogue, you know, so come come join us, uh, be snacks, you know, stuff like that, you know, no, it was, it was sharing about the good news of what God did for us, it all came about, you know, um, the fact of making a, a, a restitution for us and the penalty for sin being death and that was paid for by Jesus. Because it came to that, that hinging point of Jesus dying for us and being risen again. That's everything I hinge on. But I have to go through all three of those now. That's why I always make sure I start with Adam and Eve, talk about how sin entered, and then I move on to Jesus, how amazing it was that God loves us, cares for us, sent his son, and then talk about what he did for us so that we can have a relationship with him. So, does that make sense? When you do, you don't have your parents. What's that? When you do, you don't have any parents. Yeah, we were talking about that because I've done that before um, when, when parents aren't there. So, uh, I was talking to Jeff because Jeff does a, a, what's called the Good News Club. Anybody ever hear of the Good News Club? Oh, yeah. Okay, so they do it in schools and stuff like that. And we'll, we'll present this every year, twice. 
to the kids. And it's, it's great because uh, then what we do is when the kid starts asking those questions and they want to stay and we talk about the prayer, we use that as an opportunity to follow up with the parents and if they don't know, okay, um, it gives us an opportunity to share with them, okay? Because the last thing you want to do is have a kid make a decision there, go home, and then their parents rip it apart because they don't know who you are. Yo, those people like blah, blah, you know, we're just using the Good News Club. It's, it's just after school care because, you know, we can't pay for, you know, and i got to stay till 5 o'clock and, you know, that's what we use it for. No, that's not what it's for. It's like, again, it's an opportunity for us to share the gospel. We just got it. Basically, I look at it as a, as, a, as a twofer kind of thing, you know? Like, when it comes to the parents, like, I got to share the gospel with the kids, and then I got to turn around and share it with, with the parents, too. And I, again, involving the parents, because they're, they're supposed to be the spiritual leader of the home. A lot of them don't feel equipped or know that they are the spiritual leader of the home. But it gives me an opportunity to encourage them that they can be. Because no parent wants their kid to... To, to have a rough life or a poor life. You know, they want to be able to, to you know, uh, provide for their child, you know. So, like, there's a lot of different things. And, and they want to feel that they can win at something. And so that's, that's and I think that this being the most important decision in a kid's life, this is something they really need to be part of. Because especially when they take those next steps of baptism, we want their parents there, you know. Um, you know, we used to baptize a lot of, we used to, we had a big bus ministry, and we would bus the kids in, and we'd baptize them and send them home, and, you know, then they wouldn't, then they come, wouldn't come back, the parents were very upset, like, you know, how, you know, dare you, you're brainwashing my child, blah, 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 you know, I was just sending because I, I want them to learn, you know, good values, you know, and, yeah, and, but again, if you're not making that connection with the parents, you know, it's almost like, you don't want to seem like you're undercutting them, you want to seem like you're coming alongside to help them. Make sense? Any any other questions? I'm more than happy to answer. You know, again, we What's the curriculum you currently use? <laughs> we use orange, uh, but we we tweak it a little bit uh, because here's the thing: is orange. Um, this is what I can say. Orange is used across a lot of denominational lines, so they they focus on the um, kind of top truths. So it's more like the bones. But like when you get into the theology, especially like Baptist theology versus you know. Um, maybe, you know, Methodist or whatever, because it's actually used by a lot of different churches. It's even used by a lot of Catholic churches. But what we do is we take those biblical truths and we make sure that the things that we believe theologically are infused in there. Yeah, because they keep it kind of at a surface level and they'll even tell you that, you know, like our job is to kind of add on to that, you know, because there is no perfect curriculum that's out there. The reason why I like orange is because it's very simple and it connects, and it's it's designed to connect with parents. The parent piece is the huge piece because nowadays, again, um, um, we I was in here yesterday and uh, Mitch right was in here and he was talking about how parents have gone from helicopter parents to sidecar parents. Yeah, that was good. Okay, so it's true. So and, and the the thing is, so we want to bring the parents along with them because they got kids right next to them, you know. It's, it's, parents are very, 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 very involved in kids' lives. And it can't be like the way that we used to do it back when I was growing up, where it was just we send kids to VBS, they make the decision and we send them home and we never follow up with them again. Because again, when you make the connection with the parents, you get to start, because that last part is starting the follow-up process, the discipleship process. Does that answer your question? Yeah. 
Sadly, so. it is though almost like one extreme to the other. You yeah. either have the sidecar parent or you have the non-existent, hmm? the one that you know doesn't care one way or the other. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to find that, you know, in between. But if I came to you and let's say you didn't really, you know, you weren't really necessarily involved as a parent, I came to you and I said, you know what? Hey, you know today, and I'll, you know, like. And usually parents will want to come meet, and I'll just make sure, you know, instead of standing next to them, I'll, just, I'll be like, you know, it was really awesome. You know, I, first off, I want you to know that I love having Nathan in our class. Nathan is an amazing boy. And he was sharing with me a lot of things about faith. And one of the things that we talked about was about the fact of how Jesus and I get to, get to go over the whole presentation. But I wanted, you know, to bring you in on this because we believe that this is the most important time in a kid's life. It's the most important decision in a kid's life. That they understand, you know, and it gives me a chance to share the gospel. No, uh, you know, most parents aren't going to like just like shut you down in there because all you're saying is that you care, <laughs> that you care for their for their child, right. that you love them, and that you that you're right there with them. That I want to do everything I can to help you succeed, and I verbalize those things, you know, because I know how tough it is. You're a single mom, you know. I know how tough it is to to, to raise a, a child. And, and, and seeing all these things, I want you to win. I want you to have that encouragement that you can be the type of mom that helps your kid grow and understand the importance of, of having Jesus in his life and having a relationship with God. You know, again, kind of helping that parent, you know, feel encouraged rather than discouraged. Because you don't want to ever present it as something that they're doing wrong, but something that they get to do right. <coughs> you know, and that's a huge, huge, huge piece that you can't miss. Huge piece of goodness. And, and, and again, doing it at, at, at an eye level. Yes. Is, is very well. yes. As far as the follow up with discipleship, is there a particular curriculum that you recommend to send home, like devotion books? Or yeah, now Orange has a couple of different ones. Uh, we actually have, what, like, a, a, the cool thing is we have a little thing that looks like this that goes home every week with kids that actually goes along with what we teach. And it has four days, or sometimes even five days, of devotions in there. If they do that and they have their parents sign it and bring it back, we've got something for them. And it's not a Tootsie Roll. It's actually a bigger <laughs> piece of candy. You know, it's like, because our biggest thing is like, um, when we say that, you know, a kid's doing this, and yeah, they may be doing it for a Kit Kat bar or something like that, but you know, at first, but what you're doing is you're trying to help them understand the spiritual discipline of reading the Bible every day. Because even if they're mind like, I get a Kit Kat bar if I get this sign, but they're reading that, they're going over that, they're learning some truths. And so what we always point out is like, you know, the cards that we send home every week, you know, that go over the topic that we talked about this Sunday, you know, we have different verses that they get to read during the week and a couple questions for them to talk. And then, and the cool thing is, is on the back side of the thing that we send home has things for parents to uh, ask their kids. And it's got like uh, meal time, drive time, and bedtime. So it's got three things that they can do where it's times they naturally spend with their kids anyway, but it allows them to be intentional with sharing faith with their kids. So again, everything that we do, it's to, to help them understand the importance of the relationship with Christ, but we're also trying to equip them to take those next steps. Because it doesn't end with a prayer, it begins with a prayer. You know, And it's a journey they're going to be on for the rest of their life until they meet Christ. So we want to be able to give them everything that they can to be able to make that journey successful. We contact you and get Oh, absolutely, absolutely. My email address, and I think I got this on. Uh, I, I mean, I might. Uh, I, yes, it's on that. It's on that little uh, card, but then it's also Bill at Bethlehem Church. Us. It's not org. I don't know why. I put org. 
but it's U.S. It's U.S. U.S. not org. I don't know why I put org in there. Yes, yes. Yeah. And we tweak it sometimes too. Now, there's every, and every once in a while we'll kind of do something that's a little bit different. Um, where we'll, we'll do the same pieces that we would do with our orange curriculum, but we'll do that with uh, um, different topics. Like one of the fun things that we got kind of do too with our fourth and fifth graders is we go over in detail the Last Supper, communion. What is communion? You know, like I see them doing this in, in church. What does it mean? And we'll we'll have it all laid out, you know, and 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 walk them through what that is. And it's really, really cool because, again, it gives them that understanding, that perspective. And we talk about, you know, the, when we say that the bread, and Jesus was talking about this is my body, this is what it means. Because if you were just to say this is my body, and you're eating my body, and you're eating my blood, and you're drinking my blood. For a kid, that's like, whoa, you know. But we, we're, we're, under, we're, we're explaining this symbolism. Because symbolism can be lost on kids unless you help them draw that picture. Any other questions? But when we do like things that are one-off like that, we, we try to create it and match it up to the way that uh, the curriculum naturally looks. So even if we're not using the orange curriculum, it kind of has that same feel for that month, the same look for the continuity going forward. And then we just come up with those pieces. So. Well, awesome. Well, let me pray for you guys. And you guys actually get out five minutes early. Cool. Awesome. Easy. Yes. One thing. Um, I know we could probably all say something, but um, while we're here at this conference, my 21-year-old son texted, and one of his very best friends has been in a very bad car accident, Aww. and is in the hospital in Kansas with okay. a broken back and bleed. He's Aww. on life support. He, What's really his name? Bad. His name is Brody. Brody. Okay. And the parents are now on, you know, yeah. driving from Georgia to yeah. Kansas, and have gotten very bad news from the doctor. Yeah. So I just wonder if we could just... Yeah, oh, absolutely. We'll pray, pray for that. that. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. thank you. Dearly Father, Lord, again, we just thank you for just the opportunity to be here, to be able to learn, Lord, again. I just thank you for everybody in this room. Lord, we especially want to lift up Brody, Lord, and his parents as they travel. Uh, Lord, and just getting this bad news. Lord, I just pray that you would just be with them. I pray that you would just give them the, the peace and comfort that only you can give them. Lord, I pray that you'd also be with the doctors out there, Lord, that they would just be able to uh, be able to diagnose everything correctly, Lord. I pray you'd also work uh, miraculously in healing him, Lord. I just pray you would just be with this entire situation. Again, uh, I pray for that you would uh, be with us during the rest of this, con uh, this conference, and uh, just thank everybody for being here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, thank you guys thank very you. much. Oh, yes. Yeah,